Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. All right, Susie, KT, are you ready for today's podcast? Yeah, Robert, of course we're ready. Because we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I wouldn't ever February 16th, 2023. Guess who's sitting right next to me? Me. <laughs> KT. KT is right here. Did you in have the house. fun last night, oh Susie? Oh my God. Those people are crazy. Right? We were in Margaritaville, everybody. <laughs> so, as you know, Jimmy Buffett is a friend of ours, and he invited us to come see him in concert. Our in- first Jimmy live concert, actually. Oh first one. Oh, my Un- God. Wait, off the charts, Margaritaville, baby. Right. <laughs> everybody knew every word to every one of his songs. Except for us. us. <laughs> so we just smiled and kind of mouthed it. We faked it. But I it. have to tell you, fabulous concert. You should I'll go try to see him if you can. Oh, he's the best. But KT, what is today? The 16th. Yes, but it's Ask. Oh, it's Ask Susie and KT. Ask KT is going to ask Susie everything you want in no day. Right. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. Ask Susie and KT anything. Yeah, we're still in Florida. And um, we go back to the island this afternoon, actually. Yeah, right, when we're done with this podcast. And here's the good news, everybody. This is why you tune in to the Women in Money podcast, and everybody's smart enough to listen. KT is so excited to go back, because why? My garden. Doesn't have grubs. (laughs) Oh, well, Colo and I have been keeping an eye on it so we don't get grub worms, but I'm most excited to see how much everything grew, and to plant more spring plants. Because everything she's tried to plant since we put in the garden, the grubs have won We had the a battle. grubworm infestation, mm. and it's very difficult. But it's also my Aunt Arlene's birthday today. It's a oh, nice day. Yes, yes. Arlene, happy, happy birthday. We love you. We miss you. I know it's cold up in New Jersey, but... We'll get you down here soon enough. All right, sweetheart. Are you ready to I start? I am ready. This? Okay. Are you so, sure? Yeah, I'm sure? positive. First question. You've recovered from last night. No. <laughs> First question is from Teresa. Hi, Susie and KT. Thanks for your wisdom and banter. Should we banter? That's all we do. Bam, 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 banter. Bant. I am 62 and recently retired RN. 
And congratulations. We love nurses and doctors, but nurses and teachers are Susie's favorite. Yes, they are. So she said, I have an IRA and Roth IRA. Current value is $1.4 million. Yeah, Good for you. girlfriend. I have no debt and no dependents. My question is regarding my pension. Should I take it as a lump sum rollover into my IRA or as a monthly fixed income? The lump sum amount is 150000 The monthly payment option would be approximately $800. $800 yeah. a month, Katie, yeah. I have gone back and forth on the two scenarios. I appreciate your input. Thank you. This one is actually easy, my dear Teresa. I would do the IRA rollover. And the reason is this. If you take the pension, they give you $800 a month times 800 by 12. That's $9,600 a year. If you divide $9,600 by the total amount of your pension, which is $150,000, that gives you a 6.4% return on your money. The problem is you die in four weeks, four months, four years, all that money, all 150000 whatever's left of it, is gone. What a waste. If, however, you did a rollover and you took all of that money, and let's just say you put it into a six-month T-bill right now and eventually be able to lock it up long-term at 5%, that's $7,500 a year or $625 a month, but you also have access to that money if you need it. And on your death, you have the ability, depending how long you live, to leave whatever's left in there to some charity. So for a measly $175 a month that would be taxable to you, plus you have all of that money, the $1.4 million besides this, you don't need the $800 a month income and the ability to lose the $150,000 when you die. Just do the IRA rollover. Okay. Does my voice sound really deep <clears throat> today? <clears throat> but both of us have a little frog because <clears throat> we were screaming, screaming so much. It was like, Jimmy, Jimmy, look we, at me. Jimmy, Jimmy, no, look at me. No, we just kept screaming <laughs> and applauding and going, yeah, baby. Okay. So this is from Nancy. Hi, Susie. On your podcast, you talked about inheriting a parent's home. I'm going to inherit my mother's home when she passes. However... Her boyfriend, who's 92, has living rights to stay in the home. We're not looking to move in with him. My question is, when he passes, if we make the home our primary residence for two years, will we still be eligible for the 250000 tax exempt when we sell it after our two years of living there? Yeah, girl, listen to Thank me. Thank you. Yeah, yes, you would be. But Nancy, you don't have to do that. If your mother dies, then that person, her boyfriend, is living in that home, all right? When he dies, you get a step up in cost basis as to whatever that house is valued at when he dies. Or even if he dies before your mother, when your mother dies, you again get a step up in cost basis. So if the property is worth $5 million, you can just turn around and sell it for $5 million and you don't pay any capital gains tax. 
So you don't have to worry about living in it for two out of the past five years to get a $250,000 exemption because if you're going to sell it, you don't even need to do that. If, however, you want to take it on as your primary residency and live in it, and you'd live in it for a long time, then yes, you will get the $250,000 exemption per person. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. I always forget it's per person. Okay, next is from Jonathan. Can you imagine having a boyfriend or a girlfriend at 92? Why not? You're supposed to say yes, Susie. I can imagine having you as my <laughs> wife till I'm 102. All right, never mind. I was going to say, why not? 92 is not that old. No, I it's know. It's the new 40. <laughs> yeah, we're the new 20s. Yeah, have you 92 noticed? 92 is the new 40, baby. Okay, next question is from Jonathan. Hi, Susie and Katie. Wait, wait, I just have to say something. So here we are, Valentine's Day. Now we're going back a few more days. And I take Katie out to lunch. And on the way home, we have our top down. And we have a convertible, everybody. And I put on fabulous music. It was Flowers (laughs) by Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I love that song. And Susie was really grumpy. She's next to me and she starts dancing in her seat. So I'm driving and I'm on a very safe, slow road going like 32 miles an hour along the ocean. Very, very nice. Sun's shining. I started dancing and jiggling a little. She got so mad at me. Because her hands were off the wheel. She said, KT, put your hands on the wheel. You know I don't like that. And I was like, okay, there goes that fun adventure. (laughs) Okay, ready? Yep. (laughs) Next question is from Jonathan. Hi, Susie and KT. On a podcast, you talked about the Secure 2.0 Act yes. pertaining to Roth 401 no longer having RMDs. Gee, I didn't know that. I'm 37. And Is that because you didn't listen to that podcast? I, I didn't know that it was a, it's effective right now. Yes, okay. 2023. I am 37. I have a Roth 401k at a previous employer that I never rolled over. Currently, I have a Roth IRA through Vanguard for the last three years. Should I leave the Roth 401k as it is or roll it into my Vanguard Roth? Does it make any difference aside from having more investment options? No difference at all boyfriend, but He's if I 37. were you, at 37, you want as many options as you can have. So therefore, absolutely roll it over. Roll over, Beethoven. Okay. <laughs> you know that song? Will you just ask me questions? Okay. Next is from <laughs> Siri. Hi, I have a four. Oh, a little Apple Siri <laughs> from the oh, Siri. Oh, Siri! No, this is from Siri. Siri, hi, I have a four hundred three B through work that I've been contributing pre-tax amounts to for twenty three years. Good for you, Siri. There is also a Roth option. Is it advisable to put my con- contributions in the Roth instead, even though I'll be leaving in two years? And there's a five-year requirement before gains can be withdrawn without penalty. The five-year rule, she's good. I'm 67 and a half years old. Actually, you have that wrong, my dear Siri, in that once you turn 59 and a half, you're no longer subjected to a 10% 
penalty, regardless of how long your money has been in a Roth IRA or Roth 401k. It is the income tax on that money that you will have to pay if it hasn't been in there for at least five years. So what I would be doing if I were you and everybody, I've told you to do this. Open up a Roth IRA at some discount brokerage firm right now. Put $5 in it, $10, it doesn't matter, and start the five-year clock ticking. So if you've only had a Roth 401k then for two and a half years or whatever it may be, when you roll it over into a Roth IRA that you've had open for five years, it automatically has met the five-year time limit for taxation on earnings. Therefore, given the fact that if you didn't do that and you left it in a traditional 401k, when you roll it over and you take out the money anyway, it's totally taxable to you. So why not do the Roth 401k, start a Roth IRA now, Once you retire, you will absolutely just convert it over, roll it over into your Roth IRA and let it sit there for three years to simply avoid the taxation on the earnings. But here's the good news. Most of it really in two years will probably be just your contributions and there will be no taxation on your contributions at all. Oh, that's that's good news. So this is from Barbara. My husband's employer has a retirement account with matching funds, but when reviewing the information, I saw that the sales commission, ready for this, Susie? Sit tight. I already know. 5.7. Oh, I thought it was going to be 2.5%. 5.75% on top of an expense ratio of 0.74%. I was shocked. And now she's asking you, Susie, do you think this is high or is it the average for account management? I think it's highway robbery. Oh my goodness. It's so high. A load, and that's called a sales load of 5.75%, five and three quarters percent of whatever amount that he has been investing goes directly to the salesperson to pay his or her commission. That means your fund has to increase in value five and three quarters percent just for you to break even. And on top of that, right, there's an expense ratio in there. Now, the expense ratio isn't that big, but the fact that they're charging five and three quarters percent in a retirement account, your husband's employer really needs to change their company that they're dealing with. It's just nobody should have to pay a commission to buy a mutual fund within a retirement account at an employer's. That's crazy, 5.75. That's the difference, Katie, between loaded funds and no loaded funds. Mm. And remember, I always told you that when I first started in this business back in 1980, there were only 300 mutual funds. And the only way that you could buy them would be through a broker like me. Mm. And the commission was five and a quarter, five and three quarters percent, which is what we got. Then as time went on and discount brokers started to happen, everybody came out with no low mutual funds, 
which means you can buy it for no fees at all and sell it for no fees. So you really have to know what kind of fun do you have. You do not want to have a fun that has the letter A or B after the name of the fun. Why are you smiling? I, when I first met you, I don't know if you remember this. When I first met so Susie. So long ago. No, I you? was in San Francisco and I had open accounts and funds and investments, I think at Wells Fargo. And I remember, and I didn't know anything. I said to Susie, I have these investments and funds. She said, is there an A or a B? I said, yeah, <laughs> both of them, <laughs> A and B. And she said, always remember if it has an A behind it, it means it's going to bite you in the... Mm -hmm. And if it has a B behind you, it's going to bite you in the butt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I always remembered that. If it's an A or B, don't let it bite you, don't baby. Don't ever do A or B funds, no? if you ask me. Okay, so next is from Dion. Dion said, hello, Susie. I have made an absolute mess with my finances. I'm 54 years old. I have no savings and have 179000 in an IRA. My job had an how early... Old, how old? She's only 54. Now, Dion has... She has more than most. She's taken care of her family since she was 20. She's a pretty amazing woman. She raised all her kids and her sister's kids. My job had an early out, and I couldn't afford to retire. I have two years and eight months before I can retire without penalty. My current home requires some renovations. My home is worth about 680000 as it is. I'm trying to figure out whether to sell or renovate or downsize and maybe use the money from the sale of my home to buy outright for cash a new home, a smaller home. My current take-home is $6,000 monthly and I'm $35,000 in debt. Please help. I need advice and direction. Pop quizzy. Oh, okay. Pop Go for quizzy. it. Go for it. All right, everybody, because <laughs> this is such a great question. Should Dion sell her home? She has $35,000 in debt. She takes home $6,000 a month, but she's still $35,000 in debt. She has a home worth $680,000 as it is, but she doesn't quite say how much more money she owes in a yeah, mortgage. Yeah, I don't so, know what her mortgage is. So that is. isn't, but she's always taking care of everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. She hasn't been able to take care of herself. She feels like she has nothing. She's an absolute mess, although $179,000 in an IRA and a home worth $680,000, Dion, is not an absolute mess. Let me just tell you that. An absolute mess, I don't even have time to tell you what it is right now, but it's not that. Got it? So what should Dion do? Should she sell her home or should she keep it? Okay, want me to answer? Yeah. Definitely sell it. And downsize. Sell it, downsize now. Downsizing doesn't necessarily mean, Susie, that she has to buy a smaller home. She can also rent. No, at this point, she she's, still, she's, she's still young. young. No, she's, she's 54. 54. What I want you to do, first of all, KT, ready? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So first of all, you have $35,000 in debt. 
And it's the $35,000 in debt that, in my opinion, is making you feel like an absolute mess. mess. Now, why do I feel that you spent a lot of that money on the kids that you raised, everybody else? And I don't know, you have these four kids and your sister's kids, and they're now all, all adults. Can't they help you out with anything? Just a thought. But anyway, I think your debt is what's making you feel like an absolute mess. Therefore, let's sell the home, let's downsize, buy the new home outright. So don't buy a home that you can't pay for outright, because I want you in a position where you do not have a mortgage anymore. Then every single month that you no longer have a mortgage, I want you to take that money and I want you to dollar cost average into a retirement account whether it's a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA or your Roth IRAs or your Roth 401ks where you work, start dollar cost averaging into these markets, whether it's a Standard & Poor's 500 index or whatever, just keep doing that. And you watch how your money will grow. You can also put it into the IRA that you currently have. Okay. See, you're not a mess. She's She's not not a a mess. mess. Honey, I can tell you as people who are a mess. <laughs> okay. Read that one email. All right. This one's Actually, from- we got an email from somebody, and we're not making fun of it or putting it down, but they said, I'm, they claimed bankruptcy, They had, and they said, I'm an absolute mess, and I went- And went, you are. You are, and there's nothing I can do to help. All right. Okay, this is from John. You're going to like this question. Hey, girls, Hey. <laughs> He really wrote that, everyone. Hey, girls, hey. (laughs) Seems that artificial intelligence is all everyone's talking about when it comes to technology of the future. Susie, what ETFs or stocks would you recommend for AI? Thank you so much for your help. I've been a loyal watcher and listener for over 20 years. And because of you, Susie, I've done quite well with saving and investing. My friends often ask me financial questions, and I will always reply, well, my girl Susie would tell you. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, oh, I so love that. Isn't that sweet? So what would, he, what would you do with your artificial intelligence? The one stock that I would buy, if you wanted to be exposed to artificial intelligence, with the chat GPT would be Microsoft. They invested a fortune and own a good portion of that company. That's probably how I would do it. I myself did it, KT. I don't know if you know this, but just the other day, I invested in a fund that just does artificial intelligence, but it's a private fund. I'm telling you that because it's an area that I absolutely believe in. They don't have any ETFs or anything out there at this point that I love, but I love Microsoft. You might want to try doing it that way. Susie, the next question and my final question is from Antoinette, and it's about Social Security. She said, according to her numbers, she would make $1,159 more and work less if I take my Social Security at 62. Furthermore, I did the break-even analysis of drawing my Social Security at 62 versus 67. And I would be approximately 78 years old when the dollar amount breaks even. 
Okay, so Susie, in your opinion, what should I do? Well, that was short. All right, so that's easy, Antoinette. Do not take your Social Security at 62. Just don't do it. You think that, oh my God, 78. I'm going to have to wait till I'm 78 just to break even. The problem is you most likely are going to be 78. I'm going to be six years away from 78 shortly here. Are you kidding me? So chances are you're going to live to 88, possibly 98. And then all of those years beyond 78 really will count. And you'll need that extra money then. So if I were you, I wouldn't even take it at 67. I would wait and I would take it till 70. Because every year from 67 to 70, it increases by 8% a year, plus the cost of living adjustments with CPI, which is inflation. So I know you can figure all this out. I know you think that you can make more by working less right now. That's not what I want you to do. I want you to work more and more and more right now. (laughs) In your 60s is still really young. I want you to work less and worry less when you're in your 70s, when you're in your 80s, and hopefully 90s or later. So no, do not take it at 62, period. So I do have another quizzy though, just for you. All right. All right. And all of you, by the way, if you want us to answer your questions on the Women in Money podcast, just send in your question to podcast at gmail.com. Attention, KT. <laughs> and if KT chooses it, she only chooses short ones. Short ones, so baby. just know it, right? Then we will answer it on this podcast, right? But KT, mm. as everybody knows, quizzy time is where I ask you a question, but the question isn't just for you. It's for everybody as well. Okay. And on Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, here we go. Right. I mm. posted mm. on the Women and Money app that all of you should be downloading because I post videos and pictures there that I don't do other places. And you gave me a little picture in this beautiful silver flame. For Valentine's for Day. For Valentine's Day, where you drew in the sand a heart and you put the initials UW. D. Mm-hmm. And I posted that and everybody has been trying to figure out what does it mean? What does UWD well, mean? Well, I'll tell you all. You're going to have to wait. Oh, you're really, really not going to tell them? No. UWD, Susie knows to... clearly what that <laughs> means. It's a very, very special abbreviation. Do you know that everybody guessed until we die? Until we dance, that's not correct, by the that's way. That's not correct, but it's a nice one. It's a nice thought. But guess what, everyone? You might have to wait until we die before I give it up. There You're really you go. never going to tell anybody? No, that is my answer. That is my very secret and very special initials for Susie. And she knows exactly what that means. You know who else knows? Who? Your sister, Lynn. Oh, don't go getting Lynn involved. Lynn can't keep a secret. (laughs) Don't go to people don't contact my sister. (laughs) Anyway, sorry about that, everybody. It was up to KT if she wanted to tell you what it meant or not. Okay, KT, that's a wrap. So the one thing we always want you always to remember is this. Don't you ever let anybody stop you from doing 
that which you want to do. Unstoppable. And don't you ever stop yourself from doing it as well. Because why? You are unstoppable. unstoppable. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. See, I win every single game. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.